Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host slash certified interventionist, Lon. <laughs> hey, Nadia. <laughs> Lon, I got to see your certificate for uh, interventioning. <laughs> Low-key plugging for the intervention show. <laughs> Do you believe her when she said that? Because I feel like that's almost like a cop-out when someone wants to insert themselves into a relationship. But at the same time, I was watching Pillow Talk earlier and, geez, I forgot their name, but someone said that it's actually a real thing where if you're a certified interventionist, you can actually uh, be a mediator for like addicts or like for... I don't know what else they intervene on, but I'm sure there's a lot of things where families would need like the middleman or the middle woman to stage an intervention or whatever. All right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I believe her, but I also think, like you said, she's trying to insert herself into it. For me, since the friends have been on the show, she's come off as like a camera hog and an, mm. I hate to say attention whore. I hate to use the word whore there, but she just always wants to be in the scene and, yeah. and on the show and look at me. And this was another opportunity where she didn't really need to do that. But she's like, oh, by the way, here's one of my creds, which which makes me, you know, like qualified, uh, qualified <laughs> to, to be on the next episode and do this. I'm like, do we really need that? <laughs> I don't know. And then in the trailer or the preview for the next episode, you see her doing it again. And she's like, well. I'm here on behalf of my friend and as a concerned party, I blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you're just here to be on the fucking show. Like, I get you are invited, but like, you are just trying to steal every single scene. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk about that later. If we talk about it now, I don't care. Yeah, we can just expand on that, right? Because I also feel like when people are that much of an attention grabber, it's like they want to be on pillow talk. <laughs> Yeah. Because that's the only way they can continue this, right? Unless Jen brings Rishi over to the US and then mm -hmm. they can continue being the friends of the show, I guess. Otherwise, yeah, this is her 15 minutes or something that she's trying yeah. to maximize. and <laughs> Definitely trying to maximize. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I guess I can't really say because I'm not on the show, right? But I guess I would. I would understand if somebody's like... Well, I need to make the most out of this moment, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So so here's the thing. We mentioned last week that, well, rather, I think that Rishi didn't do a good job explaining how Indian matchmaking works. And in mm -hmm. this episode, he actually was admitting that he probably didn't do a good job. So is he having problems being direct or he's just really not doing a good job at explaining what actually transpired between his parents and this whole matchmaking thing with him. For me, I think it's a combination of both. I think he did make some poor judgments. At the same time, he's not doing a good job of explaining how things work. He's also trying to cover his ass 
Mm. <laughs> it's tough to be doing both, right? It's one thing to try to cover your ass and then at the same time try to explain what, what your parents are doing and then where the two of them meet because I think that's where Jen is having trouble because at the same time he's covering his ass, he's also saying his parents are doing this and Jen's trying to put it all together and going, wait, yeah. if you're saying this thing, then why is it not lining up with this thing? And at, at some points it's not because... He's not explaining himself, but at some points it's not because he fucked up. <laughs> he's trying to cover his tracks or he's trying to explain like some bad decisions that he made. And he's just in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah, I think the way I see it too is that he feels guilty that he hasn't told his parents that he's mm. engaged. So he's also trying to find that excuse to give to Jen as to why he hasn't. And I think in the process, he exposed himself a bit too much. And now he's having to like backpedal or he's having to like explain like, oh, this is, you know, what happened. And even though they tried to match make me, I rejected all the offers or all the whatever bio data we were talking about, right? Bio data right. resumes that came through. So I don't know. I feel like the jury's still out on Rishi for me, but... Having Randy and Myra intervene is also not helping the situation. Mm, yeah. And we we said this from the beginning of the season uh, that Rishi does seem like things aren't really lining up. It's eyebrow raising that, okay, if the decision's in your court and your parents mm -hmm. are saying you, you don't have to marry and all this stuff, why don't you just go ahead and say it? Right. Yeah. We said this from the beginning. So that already from there is a, it's yeah. Why haven't you already just said it since yeah. they've already put the ball in your court and they said you can marry who you want and stuff. You, and you already introduced Jen. All these things like we've been saying from the very beginning are just super, super sus. But back to the friends, I just don't think that's respectful. And maybe they don't feel like they owe Rishi any level of respect, but also one, I don't think it's any of their business. And I think that's kind of disrespectful to be just going to the family and then causing that kind of drama. Yeah. You know, and then to make it out like I'm concerned for my friend and, and stuff like that. So in the preview, he was already like, what are they doing? Yeah. I'm just like, uh, gives me the ick. Because it's not yet August 2nd, 4 p.m. Is that August 2nd? You gotta wait. <laughs> you gotta wait, man. <laughs> All right, Lan, I thought maybe we can touch briefly on ugh, Danielle and her ex, Talon, whom she met in spite of uh, <laughs> Johan's protest. It just goes to show she's such a narcissist, man. Like she wants to do whatever she wants to do. A lot of people in the forums agree that she has no business getting married if she's going to do this kind of you know, foolish stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. why would you disrespect your husband and go ahead and meet your ex? And not only just meet your ex, but with the intention of introducing them both, even though her husband, Johan, already said that he's not interested, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I put a poll out because I can see both sides and mm -hmm. I'm not agreeing with either of them. I can see both sides. So I put a poll on Twitter um, mm -hmm. in which I tweeted, I'm torn. I understand why Danielle would want to hang out with her friend, although an ex platonically mm -hmm. even said, Johan, come and meet him. How do y'all feel about the ex situation? And 74% voted Danielle is disrespectful. 8% voted Johan is insecure. 13% voted with they're both wrong and 5% voted they're both right. So we do have about 18%, I think, who who can see on the fence either way. Yeah, 
Yeah. But a majority are leaning towards Daniel just being flat out disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, I think both can be right and wrong, right? Because right. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards the 74%. But <laughs> I just feel like, and Lon, we talked about this too last week where you don't have a problem with having an ex in your life because you know, you're in a strong relationship where both of you are secure and that's great. Some of us wish that's the case, right? But I mean, I can speak for my own self when I say I don't need an ex to be part of my current life because unlike what Daniel claims, your ex is your ex. They should stay in your past. And my ex definitely does not add value to my current present and I certainly don't see how my partner or my husband's ex adding value to our life. Mm. So like, is it a case of insecurity? Maybe. Is it a case of just living the past in the past? Most likely. So like, I can kind of see that, you know, if Johan had politely asked for the ex not to be involved, I mean, just respect his decision, you know? Or like I right. said previously too, like, ease him into it maybe? I think um, the conversation we had either last week or the week before about boundary setting. Yeah. And saying, look, here's my boundaries and stuff like that. And they never quite reached that. They weren't able to really thoroughly talk about it. I think Danielle mm. was insistent that it was Correct. going her way. There was no way Johan was going to budge. And I don't know if either one of them would have budged mm. or if either one of them would have been able to compromise where they stood on the issue. But it was a clear boundary that Johan was not willing to cross. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to that, you really need to have another discussion before just saying, well, I'm fucking going <laughs> and then just going. Yeah. And the fact that she said, oh, Johan will have to accept it because that's how I want to live my life. Yeah. She also it's said something I tweeted out where she said, um, she said, ever since I got off the plane and, and told him I was staying here, he's been a different person. <laughs> Just like, because you lied? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, I don't know if she understands what she's saying here. <laughs> yeah. That was never part of the plan anyway. Like, of course he's going to be different. Like, you're, she's so, like... Narcissist. It, it really is like her idea of manifesting is just it's her way and, and yeah. she's got to get it. And that's that's it. It doesn't matter who's getting run over. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why she's not quite a favorite <laughs> amongst people. And maybe that's where the 74 percent comes in. Right. Because yeah. if Danielle was nicer, I'm pretty sure that number would be lower because then people would empathize at least. But Danielle's just going to do what Daniel it's gonna do. <laughs> Danielle going Danielle. Yeah. She in mood. <laughs> All right. So shall we move on? Oh, by the way, can I just make a go speculation? I'm guessing and she has a type, by the way. She met both Johan and Talon on vacation. Oh, right. Did you notice that? Yeah. So I think she met Johan in DR. Talon, I think she met in Miami or something on the beach. <laughs> so she has a type. She has a pattern. I'm guessing she and Talon broke up because Talon's like, peace out. I'm doing the semi-pro basketball life, traveling around. And she's like, no, you got to <laughs> live with me in New York or whatever, right? Whatever Danielle wants. And Talon's like, bye, B. <laughs> Can yeah. you do this? And the only reason they hooked up, I think, was because of the shelter in place, right? COVID, Probably, uh, yeah. she said something like COVID happened and they got stuck 
in the same spot. So they're yeah, just for like, five oh, months or something. Oh. Can't go anywhere. Why don't yeah. we, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, shack up. <laughs> Why don't we uh, shelter in place together or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like she has this pattern, and like I'm pretty sure the reason they broke up is because Daniel wants to do Daniel things, and then obviously this Talon guy wants to pursue his semi-pro basketball career or whatever, and it just didn't work out. Mm. Daniel can get things her way, so she went off to DR and <laughs> got her Johan. All right, so let's move on to Gabe and Isabel. Well, I guess no Isabel this episode, but. There's Gabe, Monica, and his hot mom. My goodness, his mom is <laughs> gorgeous. Like, young-looking, hot as ever. And I feel like it's a very wholesome conversation, even though they try to create that drama between them. But I feel that it's a typical sibling conversation where you have your overprotective sibling looking out for you, giving you the eye or the look. Like, I don't see anything wrong here. <laughs> I just feel like it's a very wholesome scene, but we did find out a few things, right? Like Gabe has been burned before, and I Mm. think it has something to do with money because Monica, his sister, kept saying something about financial freedom and asking him to sign a prenup. Right. And yeah, I mean, I thought that was all, I mean, that's not drama to me, but yeah, sure. Yeah. He does have a very attractive family yeah. <laughs> very very good genes. genes yeah and like you said the conversation it was concerned that it was really just a mom you know sisters they have every right to be concerned and they weren't even like super flipping out about it yeah like you said it was like okay like like kind of eyebrow raising and just kind of are you sure you're doing the right thing i think more of the offense came that they felt like he was keeping secrets like what do you mean you're getting married. What do you mean you're in, you didn't tell us? And he knew he fucked up because even he was going, you know, what I mean, with the smile and going, yeah, 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 I gave her a ring. Yeah, we're getting married. Like, you knew you fucked up, Gabe. Come on. <laughs> you know, but I think that was where they were most offended. But, you know, I don't think they had anything really against him or, or anything for me to be like, oh, yeah, this, this is too much. If anything, it seemed like Gabe was maybe taking it to heart because I think he feels his sister especially mm-hmm. might be sabotaging, maybe uh, has a, a pattern of sabotaging his of, relationships. Like, sure. Right. And to him, well, here you are again. Now are you, you going to tell me not to marry her? You know, mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. you always, no one's ever good enough for, for me. And, you know, every single girl I've, I've ever brought around, they'll never be good enough for me. And Right. And now I'm marrying somebody and here you are like mm, again. And so I, I kind of felt that like, okay, well, if your sister always has a, has a pattern of maybe shooting down whoever you introduce to the family or whoever you're dating and stuff, I could see now where he would get defensive. Like this is someone that loves me and this is someone who's good. And I've already got settled with their family. This is where the buck stops, right? All this shit, you know, and then here's where my own family or my own sister is going to be like, nah you know like you should get a prenup you got to protect your business and he's like i don't want to have that conversation i really trust her and stuff and they're just like well i don't know maybe xyz and stuff like so i just felt like maybe that's where his concern was coming from yeah i mean it's all genuine concerns i mean even if that was all made up it's still like hey it passes (laughs) yeah 
Who wouldn't uh, be, right? Who wouldn't yeah, be like, well, wouldn't I, be? we haven't met her or I don't know if they if they said that or whatever, but legit valid concerns. Yeah. I mean, I almost want to believe that they truly haven't met her because maybe Isabel did visit or have visited the U.S. before. Maybe they have been introduced through either in person or over a video call or something. But with Gabe and Isabel's story, I, there's no major drama compared this felt like a filler. <laughs> let's exactly. get back. Let's get Gabe back. <laughs> yeah. Go back to Let's Columbia. see where he's at with his birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's a good update though, because at least it's not like, you know, Gabe's been gone for five months. Right. Not familiar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I thought we can move on to Nicole and uh, Mahmoud, <laughs> the $2 chicken man. How is that expensive? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like three seventy five for the entire grocery shopping. Yeah, something I'm... like that. Yeah. No, when he pulls out and he said eighty five pounds, and I thought, oh shit, eighty five pounds is expensive. But then when they did the conversion, two dollars. Two dollars, yeah. Damn, it's cheaper than a Costco rotisserie. Yeah. And Nicole's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I know. I know. Then the sister in law was like, yeah, I was like, no, no, oh, no, 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 too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. See, Americans are so conditioned to like pay more for everything that's supposed to be cheaper in other countries, like, you know, food, <laughs> essentials. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what that episode was about. That was like, I guess, an exercise on getting groceries in Egypt, but also uh, setting Nicole up for wanting to leave Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a good way to set it up because it it shows you that she really doesn't belong. If Mahmoud were not around, even with the sister-in-law shopping with her and stuff, because mm-hmm. she's so introverted, there's just all that stimuli and she was just looking so helpless. Well, I don't think she'll ever be comfortable like in that place where there's just so much going on. Sure. She just looked so in over her head with the whole thing, right? But she always looks like a deer in a headlight. (laughs) She She just has that permanent look to her. I'm sorry, but it just is. Like, she just looked like, what am I doing now? Like, uh, picking up cucumber? Okay, well, I kind of don't see her surviving by herself. I know she says she feels worthless and helpless. And I can relate to that. Like, when you're in a foreign country where you cannot work, Mm. then yeah, I totally get where she's coming from. And, but I also, wouldn't quit so easily Mm. you know like look at her sister-in-law she assimilate she you know learned the language i guess she's now a practicing muslim as well so it's like look at her she's the beacon of hope if anything she's a shining example that you can you too can make it Mm -hmm. but and she never brought up new cairo like yeah you never brought it up (laughs) you said you were apartment hunting or whatever you're looking for your own place yeah. I would have brought that up and that missed opportunity to compromise to where like you can be, oh, here's a place where they're not as strict. And I think I could probably thrive here in Egypt if we were to move in this area. Right. Like right. that conversation never happened or maybe it didn't and it just was never aired or whatever. But <laughs> I think her mind made was already up. made up. Yeah, yeah. When she bought the plane ticket, she, yeah. I think she knew she was coming back. But even now, like it was even more evident when she's just like leaning back and she's like. I think I'm leaving Egypt. And you're like, what? (laughs) What about these cats? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, I think it's time. 
Yeah. But, but well, I was going to get you all these cute cats. Like, yeah. No, made up no. my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's time. It's time. <laughs> hey, by the way, I already applied for your visa. So. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> anyway. Yeah. And I also want to add that I think Mahmoud got his ego bruised after interacting with Nuran. What a fragile spirit right there. <laughs> Can't even engage in a healthy debate without feeling a certain type of way afterwards. And you know what? I don't feel bad for those type of toxic male patriarchy type of person that's like, oh, I'm right. And how dare yeah. she make a point? <laughs> so Nicole said that he was attacked. attacked yeah. Not felt attacked. He was, was attacked. attacked. Because she even agreed. agreed. Yeah. I was like, I know that's just kind of like debate. And it wasn't even kind of debate. I guess it was, but I wouldn't call that an attack. I mean, I don't know what constitutes an attack. Let's level the playing field here. They're both Muslim, right? Yeah. Assuming. And they're just talking about their beliefs and stuff. That would be like me and another Christian debating certain points about the Bible. I wouldn't think you're attacking me. You know what I mean? Or that I'm attacking you by we're. Playing fields level here, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. They're both we're Egyptians. Just, we're both, both talking both, about the yeah. same thing. We're just sharing what we think about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not attacking you. <laughs> I want to say I was very surprised that she said that. But I also think it's probably because Noran is like a stranger. Like if you bring a stranger mm. to a dinner and they start to talk about politics or religion and what you should do and where you should live i think that may rub people some uh, the wrong way because uh, remember <laughs> they just met at the yoga class that she took and suddenly they're like having i got dinner a bone to pick with your husband yeah, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that's too soon man too soon <laughs> come on <laughs> I just attended one class and you're like trying, right, to, trying right. to attack, you know, quote unquote here, uh, my husband. So I like that. She's kind of like ride or die, I guess, in that sense. Okay. Look, for her like... students? No, no, no. Sorry, Nicole. Oh, Nicole's like, ride or die for her husband. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, look, I'm going to be with my husband on this one yeah. and fucked up and now we can't hang out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry. End of the storyline for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we talked about Nicole applying for a visa mm. for uh, Mahmoud. Speaking of which, someone who's hoping to get a visa to the US, the asshole himself. I'm just quoting him. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker, the son of a bitch, I guess, uh, <laughs> the creepy, the bad, the angry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess Usama, or as some. Folks on the forum call him Oskama. Oskama. Uh, Oskama. Is <laughs> starting to show his true colors with uh, with us and with uh, Debbie. Mm -hmm. And true intentions. And true intention. Yep. Mm. And I don't know if this is a Maya Angelou quote, but when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think I tweeted this and I talked about this last week too i really think osama and maybe his family are both playing the long game here like mm -hmm. they think that hey we have this american who could potentially be our sponsor and again i can imagine a scenario where osama found her online and told his family like hey 
there's this American, she's going to be our meal ticket to the U.S. You know, we, we don't have to be farmers anymore or something mm-hmm. like that. And by the way, when I say all this, and I'm sure Lon feels the same, anyone is welcome to the U.S., by the way. We're not promoting xenophobia here. Anyone deserves a better life, right? Anyone. I think when you do it at the expense of someone, mm-hmm. in this case, toying with her feelings or lying deceitful. to them. Very right. deceitful. I obviously have a problem with that. you know. And she's a gentle soul, has a song for a donkey for some reason. Like she's just... <laughs> a song for a donkey. <laughs> Lon just got that. <laughs> I've never seen someone bust a song for a donkey. Yeah. I'm serious. Donkey wasn't a fan though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was donkey like, was oh. like, get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, Osama allowed that? He really wanted to collect that insurance, man. He's like letting her <laughs> fall. Like, what the hell? But yeah, like I don't respect, you know, when people try to do it at the expense of someone else. And in this case, it just seems like the family were all having this assumption or impression that they were all going to the US. Like, I guess it will start with Osama and then Osama will sponsor all of them. Mm. Um, because the sister actually said, and I watched the episode again, she said something about, this is TLC translation, y'all. So take it for a pinch of salt. She said, we always say we are going to leave here. And here meaning Kismet, right? I hope I didn't really butcher that word. I guess so. <laughs> it's like the true intention or the plan was to always leave. Mm-hmm. Morocco for the US and it starts with her bringing Osama over right and it's a g- great point what you said we're immigrants all of us are immigrants here and you know yes please come to America the opportunities here I get it as much as I complain about being an American and and the state of America right now like I really do have love for this country it's a great place and uh, we welcome anybody here. I think what Nadia, was, again, was saying, and I will reiterate, it's how deceitful it is, how hurtful to kind of fake a relationship, to fake loving somebody, to have people uproot their entire lives, you know, and then to like really fall for you and to really believe in something genuine just for you to have this ulterior motive, mm. right? And that's just not the way to go about it. <laughs> if you really did love somebody, fall in love, yeah. By all means, come here, get married. You know what I mean? And and I think part of what makes 90 Day Fiance the show that it is and the reason it is interesting is because shit like this happens. This is the stuff. Like this was one of the things that I liked about when I first started watching the show a few years ago was we do we have to question their intentions, you know, and there hasn't a season gone by where it's like, well, are their intentions pure, you know, and that's really at the crux of this, right? Like, and come to find out that how many episodes already deep are we in? 11, that we've 12. all been like fooled. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe not all of us, but holy crap. Like seeing him in this last episode just kind of like flash out like that was crazy to see. Like it was a completely new guy. Yeah. <laughs> what what the was hell? it that you tweet the personality switch, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right, the switch up. The Jekyll and Hyde part of it. Yeah, right. It was so surprising. And you see kind of like the glimpse of it. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And then he just escalates, right? And he's Mm -hmm. like, 
well, we're fucking going to America and that's the yeah. plan. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like, the know. true colors came out. And you're just like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I think too, like it shows when someone does that, it just seems like they've had enough. And it's also because they've pretended to be someone they're not. So when something doesn't go their way, they're like, okay, I'm going to drop this act. You're going to get the real me. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. And also, she kind of tested him because she she just... Uh, well, you shut up about the plans! <laughs> I know. He said, I only have one mind, not two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she was pretty chatty. And I think he just wanted to have some quiet time, maybe to reflect and maybe to just paint. <laughs> but yeah. she just can't seem to shut up, can she? Um, yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. Debbie's all kinds of adorable, right? Like, let's start with the beginning of the day when she was like commenting on the upholstery on the toilet seat. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm with her, first of all. Like, I don't think I can take people lining their toilet seat with like the yeah. the carpety stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the handrails? Yeah, I know. She was like, Where's... I'm surprised nobody's got a broken back around I here. Know, a broken neck, right? Or something like that. And she even said, like, it took an act of God for me to get ready. I was like, damn, Debbie, give her a travel show. This woman yeah. deserves it. Remember when she said, you know, I'm all about making it do, but this one is making it Making don't. it don't. <laughs> Debbie, with all kinds of, like, you know, buzz phrases. Like, yeah. what, what else did she say? She said, ass backwards. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and, and then there was something else she said that was really cool too. Like, she pretty much described me, by the way, right now with me being all huge and pregnant. She said, you know, I can be a clumsy and podunk or something. <laughs> like, she used all this old school word that no one else uses anymore. <laughs> Like two generations ago yeah <laughs> like what <laughs> like boomer language you know yeah. like no one else uses it but so lon i scoured the internet and there are a lot of speculation as to like why osama is really determined to go to mm. the u.s and i think too it adds to the skepticism that i've always had with couples that are really have huge age gap between them because it's almost hard to believe when you have someone who's like really in their twilight years hooking up with someone who's really young like him. And mm. now we know for this case, now we know that his true intention is to be brought over to the US. Some people think that it might be because he couldn't thrive in Morocco. As in maybe some people have said, maybe he's not able to find employment. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's part of the LGBTQ community and... Mm. He can't thrive there because of strict laws or whatever, right? But I think what's very obvious is that it's not the romantic story that we thought it would be because right. even in their face-to-face -face interview with each other during the preview, he was like, well, you're going to bring me to the US or what? And she's like, yeah. straight up saying no. But he so also said something about you will lied. Or something. Yeah, and I get it. I think you mentioned on Twitter too that you want to see like what is the other side of the coin? Like what is his story? Yeah, does he feel deceived? What happened here? And I know Debbie, for the episodes we've seen so far, yeah. has been pretty upfront about the plan, right? Yeah. So yeah, but there was this interesting thing he said when he was with his family. 
it was what you mentioned, Nadia, when the sister said, we always wanted to leave. Like, yeah. And she follows it up with, is this something you said or is this something she said? And he said, she said it and he just kind of went along with it. Yeah, he agreed to it. And right. I think the sister was also concerned because she doesn't think that Debbie could survive in Morocco. Exactly. Because yeah. Because of the cultural mm-hmm. differences and yep. lack of, I don't know, amenities. And also, like, if you think about it, and a lot of people have brought this up too, a social safety net. Because if you're not Moroccan, I don't know this much, but I kind of question, like, how do the society there take care of an older, retired person? Do they have, you know, some kind of social retirement program? Or do they even have, like, assisted living, for example? You know, I'm not saying that that's what Debbie's hoping for, but I think people were starting to question, like, is she planning to live off her social security from the U.S. or something? Or how is she expecting someone like Osama to take care of her when he can't even take care of himself? Right. So the story that we were sold by TLC, like it seems very fantastical at first, but then when you kind of, you know, peel off the layers and you see the reality of it, it's like, yeah, very sus. You know, a 24-year-old unemployed guy and a 67-year-old retiree who thinks that this is the one for her. I'm very, 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 very skeptical now. Yeah. We had our suspicions in the beginning, though. That's the thing. We had our suspicions in the beginning, and then he won us over, I guess. Yep. But we had our suspicions. We were like, that's eyebrow raising. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it was, you know, when we saw them together, and then he had the episode, what did she say? He claimed me and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe he does. Yeah, like. Yeah. You know, it's we're not dumb, you know. <laughs> yeah. We were bamboozled. Like he fooled us, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also cognizant as to like maybe there was a loss in translation, right? We tend to believe the English speaker more probably because we understand them. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has ideas that didn't really translate well, just like Rishi. <laughs> <All right>. And <laughs> right. and the way she received it is different. And yeah, maybe that's why he's been calling her a liar but you also notice that his story kept changing too because remember when they first met in person when they were having dinner osama said like well you're gonna leave here three months after your i guess travel visa whatever runs out and she was like what i'm here permanently (laughs) i uprooted myself and you can see all these suitcases like i'm here to stay in rabat you know yeah so again, like I don't know where that loss of translation. He had opportunities from. to clarify what's going on. And yeah. someone else responded to the tweet and they had an interesting point. They said, well, maybe in his mind, in his plan, you know, he was being honest. And he told her, he did say, I don't really know you. I wanted to see if we were going to like click, you know, first. And then if we do, then we can talk about where the future is going. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I'm staying. And he's like, wait, we're still at this stage and you're jumping like this you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so so maybe he wasn't there yet that you're staying like we got to get to know that. each other mm-hmm. and then from there we can see where it goes and in his mind was like you're bringing me to the u.s but mm-hmm. she's already going no i'm staying i'm staying he's like we haven't even talked about that yet but yeah. we will <laughs> but oh but we will yeah <laughs> we can't do everything in one day i only have one mind remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> just fucking paint like shut up yeah. and paint <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? That's all he wants is to like <laughs> paint quietly. But Debbie being Debbie. Question for you before we move on, Lon. Is 
Debbie predatory? Because, and I'm only asking because if the roles was reversed, if Debbie was a 24-year-old <clears throat> Moroccan and Osama is a 67-year-old man coming to visit her, I can tell you this much. We will all be all over that shit, right? Mm-hmm. We would be like, uh-uh, hell no to the no, no, no. Right. <laughs> like, that's creepy, right? That's right. creepy. But then why are we not having this conversation? What, yes. What's different here? Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. It's something that's been on my mind for a while throughout all the different seasons of 90 Day Fiance. Mm. And I only really started to think about it a lot more now because Mm. the whole conversation about passport bros has become all of a sudden like a popular term or a mainstream term because of influencers who are kind of blowing up this term. And there's all this talk about passport bros, passport bros, and the negative connotation of men going to other countries um, and using the power of, of money and the whole power dynamic that comes with going to poorer countries for, for women and stuff. Mm-hmm. What is the woman, what is the female or woman counterpart to that? Is there a passport sisters? And why aren't we talking about this as well? Like, yeah. there are people in the Twitter thread that mention this. They don't coin it as passport anything, but they do say, well, I have a problem with Debbie. <laughs> yeah. What is she doing anyway? And she's not the only one. Like, we've been seeing this, y'all, and nobody says it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I think we do kind of say it, but it's not an issue in the way it should be. Yeah. In Debbie's case, I like to give her the benefit of the doubt because she does just seem like an older person who's just really had no luck in love. And I don't think it's predatory because I think he was being predatory. He was the predator scoping out prey and Debbie was the prey. Like if she was the predator, then she got fucking duped. You know what I mean? Like the tables got turned really quick. But I just think when it comes to Debbie, she really was somebody who was looking for love. And Mm -hmm. do I think it's problematic? Like that's a conversation I'll save for another time. Yeah. Because I do think there's something to say about like, you know, consenting adults and he's of age to say, I want to date this person, you know. Predatory tactics aside. But yeah, I do think it begs a bigger question about predatory women from our country and saying, hey, like, where is this conversation? Anyway, I know I didn't really answer your question, but I'm glad you brought that up. And I think we can have that conversation moving forward when we do feel like there's some predatory women out there on 90 Day Fiance coming to these countries and looking for men. Yeah, because we don't see Kimberly and Usman as, you know, Kimberly as being predatory because it's almost like she's the prey. Mm -hmm. Even She seems like the predator because she's much older. She showered him with gift, but Usman's also a a clout chaser. Mm. It's almost like it's transactional. It's evil. Yeah, equal transaction. Yeah, Yeah. there's (laughs) an exchange there. And then when you think about Michael and Angela, like Michael genuinely i think wants to come to the u.s and mm. in exchange angela wants an african date or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to put it in a polite way but angela wants whatever angela wants right but then when we got introduced to ben and mahogany ben is a 52 year old divorcee with kids and mahogany is a 24 year old college student or whatever that she was doing that seems predatory because mm-hmm. he's a much older person going after a younger woman 
and I think they're still together. But again, like maybe we don't talk enough about the role reversal because it comes across as consensual or like they're mm. both adults. So it's like they both know what each other want out of this transaction or relationship or whatever you call it, right? But it does come across as creepy in, mm-hmm. in a way, but we just don't think of it when it's a woman, an older woman and a younger guy. We don't think of it that way. But when it's an older man and a younger woman, we're like, ooh, like what business right. does he have going after <laughs> this young person? Right. It's like, but they're both adults. If it's consensual, then, but it's still very creepy. And right. I wonder if it's because like maybe the R. Kelly thing is getting to me, but. Hey. We're going to call out these double standards, y'all. Yeah, we will. (laughs) This podcast is all about equity. Everybody can get it. Quality. (laughs) (laughs) Even playing field. So everyone's going to get something. So speaking of predatory, I never thought of it this way, but I'm seeing it more and more. I think Chris was a predator in a way, not in a sexual, maybe it is a sexual way, but how she treated Jamie is just so wrong. Mm -hmm. Man, someone wrote this on Reddit and I just want to point this out. I think TLC has an obligation to do a stronger background check on people because I'm not going to sugarcoat this anymore. We we were tiptoeing on this issue all throughout our coverage of the other way, but let's call a spade a spade. Chris is an addict. She shouldn't be on this show. It's becoming so obvious that she's an addict. Someone actually pointed out that if you watch last week's episode, when she walked away from the video call, she had an armband uh, covering her tracks on her. uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you watch it again, because I watched it again today just to be sure that I'm not crazy or that person wasn't exaggerating. But she had that. And I was like, yep. Again, I am lucky that I obviously do not live with an addict i live with a gaming addict but it's a a good kind (laughs) of addict not the alcoholic or the drug abuser addict but i read that traits of an addict would include not limited to (laughs) chronic lying right Right. Uh, uh, obviously disguising your addict as uh, a sickness or in her case necrolepsy having that hazy dozing off look which i think the camera has caught a few times and we've got through a lot of things that doesn't add up too. Like she said she sold her house. She said she has this $50,000 bike. Why is she acting broke? Yeah. And if you're broke, why are you calling yourself a sugar? I mean, that's her mom, but don't think of herself as a sugar mama then. Right. Because you're not. Your wife was sick with COVID and yet you're berating her for not finding job. Right. And we, I feel sorry for Jamie because... Like she told her good friend, she's a Venezuelan in Colombia trying to find work. Mm, Yeah, that was a detail that I overlooked. And then when she brought it up, I was like, oh, it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like Chris really took us for a ride because she kept painting herself as someone who's struggling with a chronic illness, right? With neck pain or whatever. Then why the fuck are you? doing odd jobs like painting houses <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like why are you doing that it's clear that whatever money that you claim you have you're probably spending it on narcotics mm-hmm. i mean yep. again we're all probably speculating because the truth is not revealed to us but it's becoming clear right yeah yeah 
I don't really have much to say. You, you really covered all the bases there. And I just feel bad for Jamie. Th this false narrative that she's starting to create, I don't think anyone believes her. I'm, there, She might have some fans or followers out there that maybe know her on a personal level and they're like, yeah, fuck that girl. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she's using you for your money and all this stuff like that. But it just reeks of like BS. Like, no, you're not a sugar mama. You know what I mean? You're, I almost felt bad because I understand how someone can feel like unappreciated. I don't think that's a good feeling for anyone to feel. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think she's being honest at all. And yeah. I just feel bad for Jamie. And I've been following Jamie's recent tweets. Mm -hmm. And I think Jamie's going to spill some hot tea on the tell-all. Like, she's been dropping little hints and shit on Twitter. Like, wait, yeah, I got something for y'all. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the tell-all. Yeah. And you know what, Lon? I just feel that, man, we were really rooting for them from the get-go. Because, yeah. you know, we don't get a lot of LGBT couples. Like, I think Kenny and Armando is like almost a unicorn right now because they're the only LGBT couple that's like, I want to say successful. They got married and they really live happily ever after. And I don't even think they have a real drama. Like if they were to be featured on 90 Day Fiance again, like the drama that they would be portraying would be fake because they're just so wholesome. Anyway, mm. but when it comes to lesbian couples like you know we have our favorite uh what's what's her name the one from australia the one that was with the oh glitter buggin i don't even know yeah, her glitter, name I anymore <laughs> I, I feel bad but i think it was the fart jar girl called stephanie Stepanko. Stepanko. yeah and uh, i forgot uh her partner thing but yeah that was a scam too yeah. <laughs> if you think about it because it came out to nothing yeah yeah, she didn't want to pursue the relationship. She acted like she was interested, but she didn't end up being interested. And I wonder if Chris is taking Jamie for a ride too. Like, because, I mean, some people are keeping tabs on like who's paying for what. And it looks like Jamie paid for a lot of things when mm. she was there. Yeah. Like, I think we talked about she paid for that medication. She quit her job just to focus on the food truck business that Chris tried to sell her on because she wanted Jamie to focus on it. And Jamie was like, even when it didn't happen, like Jamie offered to go back to work and Chris was like, no, I got us. Yeah. And then suddenly she's having bank issues. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? I thought you sold your house or whatever, or you have a bike that you're going to get money from. Like what happened to those money? You know? Right. So, I don't know. I just, it's so sus, like shady to use your words, like the math in mathing. And it's just not adding up. <laughs> yeah. It's so telling that there's a addiction in the mix here. And we just have to find out like what's going on. But yeah, I think TLC is hiding an addict in front of us. It's like hiding in plain sight is what mm. I'm trying to say. So anyway. All right. Lon, we've come to the end of our coverage. Do you have a WTF moment? Yes. Look, Usama <laughs> showing his true colors, true color. that's going to be a hard one to beat. As I said earlier in this episode, I was just so surprised. It was never out of the realm of possibility for me that there might be ulterior motives. So mm -hmm. that was always in the back of my mind. But just to see how different he really is either when he's mad or when he's really being himself and the gigs up 
when he's like, I'm done pretending. Like, it was funny. I laughed. But then part of it was kind of scary because he is younger and Debbie is just so like wholesome. And Debbie is just very like, why are you talking to me like that? What? What? Osama <laughs> and yeah and all of a sudden like he starts swearing he's like raising his voice uh his face looked different like I was like dude who is this he really did like shed the disguise yeah. and it was just for me really jolting and I was like what the fuck you know <laughs> what about you Nadia yeah I want to say it's Osama as well, but I'm also trying to think about like what else is WTF here during this episode. And aside from that Indian dance where we saw someone picking up a dollar I mean, I with their say teeth, with, with their tongue, yo, with their like, tongue, yeah, looks, yeah. I mean, aside from that, <laughs> that is WTF, that, that is WTF. Yeah. But I also want to say that you know, Danielle going out with her ex. Mm without Johan's uh, permission. You know, I'm not saying that she shouldn't get permission or she should, but it's just disrespectful and that was a WTF for me. Danielle's always going to be a WTF, I guess, moving forward because uh, <laughs> she's just going to do Daniel what, you know, Daniel's going to do what Daniel wants to do. And by the way, I think someone spotted her back in New York. She was conducting a yoga class. So yeah, I don't even know if she's still living in the DR. Mm. Maybe she does. I don't know, but you know, she also has to earn some money and to clear her debt. Right. Osama, definitely a shocker there. Definitely a shocker. Is Debbie falling off the donkey a WTF moment too? Maybe. Ah, there was a lot, I think. I thought <laughs> the Debbie moment was a WTF. Yeah. I thought the certified interventionist was like WTF for <laughs> me too. I'm like... <laughs> the way she said with a straight face too. Hey, yeah. so I'm a certified interventionist. And I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The translator was WTF. Translator was like, what the fuck did I just yeah. get into? Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, well, we just want to let you know in advance. And she's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did I get myself into? I was yeah, just going like, to translate. I yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> All right, Lon. Before we close the show, anything that you'd like to talk about or recommend or plug? I haven't really been watching a lot. Um, I've I've been busy. I think we plugged beef, right? We did. Okay. Though I think it's a bit of a taboo topic now. It is now. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. Let's address that really quick. So yeah, obviously, you know, if if you haven't been caught up, I think one of the actors, David Cho, um, had a podcast where he said some pretty fucked up things. So, mm-hmm. um, I completely understand if that's a show you want to boycott, and I'm with you on that. I watched the show before I heard the news and. You know, even if I heard the news, I probably would have watched the show anyway, just to see what it was about. Yeah, um, what the hype is all about, for sure. Yeah, but I completely understand if that's something you want to boycott, and it's where I stand on it. If you want to shoot us a DM or talk about it more, let me know. I'll admit I haven't read up on all the articles and stuff. I've just seen the headlines, and I know he has a pretty controversial podcast where he's had guests say some shit before that were mm. questionable, mm. if not, like, pretty offensive um, so I do know that much, but yeah. Yeah, I think I put a disclaimer there too when I uploaded one of our podcasts where we did talk about beef and I said that, you know, we talked about it before the David Cho saga came out. Mm. So yeah, I mean, the show is a show, you know, I still think 
Ellie Wong's work is brilliant. Yeah, it is a shame that when they did come out to speak about this topic, it almost seems like a sorry, not sorry situation where they're mm. like, well, that's David's business and it was in the past, he was joking or whatever. And I know some folks have expressed their disappointment with Stephen Yuen as well. So yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because like you said, Beef is such a good show. As a body of work, I still think it's yeah. good. If yeah. you take out all those names and you just watch it for what it is, yeah, it is a good show. People were already touting it to be like, you know, Emmy nominated or whatever. Mm. But anyway, I wanted to plug the Boston Marathon documentary. Oh, that I did out. watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I must say that I didn't know the BTS part of it. I just know the headlines, right? Like bomb went off during the Boston Marathon. I think way back, was it 2014, 2013 or something like that? Yeah, of course, it's a huge tragedy. I just didn't know about the manhunt situation and what went down and all the, oh my God, all the goofs that the law enforcement made while hunting down these two terrorists. Let's just shoot up the entire neighborhood. (laughs) No regard for human life. What the hell was that about? And they did it like on two occasions. (laughs) Yeah, and I think this is the takeaway a baby almost died because the bullet went through the room yeah in one of the houses and i'm like dude what the like it it suddenly became a cowboy state where it's like yeah let's just shoot our guns at at this and it's like gosh there must be a a they just lost complete awareness of their surroundings like you're in a residential neighborhood and yeah it was a mess yeah (laughs) And then, of course, there are residents who came out and be like, hey, let me know if I can help. And I'm like, yeah. you're in the middle of a shootout, dude. You better be like taking cover because yeah. that bullet Duck. might be. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. That part was, I have to say, very disappointing. Thankfully, there was no other major casualties, but mm. it's terrible what happened to these two men. That was something else. I think they almost wanted to do the same thing to the New York Marathon or something, right? Mm, they were planning yep. to go to New York after They that. were headed to New York, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. I was like so scared for the exchange student from MIT or something, right? He was supposed to be their getaway driver or like he was kidnapped basically and I'm just- Just got a brand new BMW. <laughs> I know, dude. That guy, I was like, oh man, he got that 2013 uh, yeah. Benz. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's like driving to Paris. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But th- thankfully though, he survived and uh, lived right. to tell the tale. And yeah, that was a really good documentary. Cosign, uh, y'all. Cosign. That's it's a great documentary if you haven't already seen it. Yep, yep. And Lon, quick update. I had started watching Indian Matchmaking Season 3. Mm. And Seema Auntie finally met with some... Well, I want to say her competitors because she met with several guys who are, I guess, techpreneurs. Uh, they created dating apps for Indians. One of them created, I think it's called Single Muslims. Mm. So they're finally featuring like the Indian people of Muslim faith. Right. Their own app. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, you only have Muslim clients? And she was like, yeah, my app is only for Muslim. And I was like, back at you. But anyway, <laughs> I'm only at episode two. It's getting very interesting because now like she's helping some folks from UK with their matchmaking. So yeah, that's always interesting. I started season one. I'm on episode, I believe, five. I really like Nadia. 
It's oh, funny. Her name's yes, Nadia, yes, but yes, I like yes. Nadia. I think Aparna is going to be a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> and forgot the other guy, but the guy who owns like a jewelry, he's into jewelry or, or whatever. Like dude just swipes left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even meet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, uh, uh, there's a lot, you know, uh, that, that it takes, but you haven't met them. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> dude, just, you're just swiping left, bro. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's funny you said you like Nadia because, again, you got to watch it all the way to season two, man. Because, uh, yeah. I'm squeezing it in when I can. You're, you're going to get that love is blind moment of like, oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But yes, uh, that's the other thing I'm uh, starting to watch. Cool. Cool. All right. So I forgot to wish our listeners a happy Eid because that's what we celebrated last weekend or last Friday. So yes, happy Eid. AAPI month is coming up soon. So Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, May is coming. It's going to be May, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, so by the time you hear this episode, it's gonna uh, be May. It's gonna be May. <laughs> but I was gonna say happy Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, <laughs> happy Cinco de Mayo. And um, you know, thank you guys for engaging with us over on Twitter and Instagram and spread the word. We're a small shop, and <laughs> until then, we'll keep it until going. Then. <laughs> yeah, and be nice to one another. Take care of yourselves, y'all. Take care of yourselves and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.